I grab a hold of my weapon and keep running. Sure that Dylan is right behind me with a gun. It's either him or me. And I have a family. I have to get out to see them again. It will all be over soon if I don't keep running. I can feel my breath hitting my face as I run. Damn this soup. It's bulky, sweaty, and smells like rotten eggs. I turned the corner and found a nook to hide in. My hands were shaking and trembling as I looked down at the weapons I had used to kill the others. I don't know where I am or how I got here. The place is a maze. There are no windows. We've been here for four days, trying to work together to get out, but that hasn't offered a solution. Eventually, desperation led to fighting. My friend Dylan, AKA Yellow, was the first to suggest we play this whole thing out. In short, we've been kidnapped and forced to dress up as characters from a game, all for some sick fantasy to be fulfilled. A true Among Us fanfic come to life. Yes, I'm the imposter here for this story, and I'm killing them all one by one. It's not because I want to, it's because I have to. When this started, I swore I wasn't going to play out my role. As the imposter, my goal was clear. Convince the others I was their ally, and then get rid of them one by one. On the first day we made it here, I told them all we needed to map out the complex because I didn't want to even consider harming anyone. We were all trapped here together. So if we just tried to stop this together, then it would be fine, I thought. Besides Dylan and I, there were three others. The one in the green suit was first. She was sus from the beginning, asking too many questions about the past. It didn't really matter how we got here. What mattered is we had to get out. I repeated that throughout the first day, but Green couldn't let it go. She thought if she could retrace her steps, she would find the way out. But then we realized there was no food, no water. Time was the only thing keeping us alive. These damn suits weren't even designed to allow us to pee. I took Dylan aside and told him my concerns. Whoever captured us, they won't just let us out unless we give them a show. Eventually, the niceties are going to come to an end, I told him. Let's just try and work together. We will find a way out, I promise, Dylan replied. I thought of my little girl. I needed to get back to see her. There can only be one winner, and that has to be me. Green chimed in. Hey guys, I'm going to explore the corridors. I've seen a ton of ceiling vents around here. I want to go investigate them. Maybe they lead to an exit of some kind. No one responded. This was my chance. Hey, I'll go with you, I said. Green and I went down corridor after corridor, getting further and further away from the main group. This is perfect, I thought to myself. Finally, we turned the bend of a corner, and sure enough, there was a vent in the ceiling. Green needed help getting up to the vent, so I lifted her into the space above. Then I started to panic. What if our captor saw that I was helping instead of doing my job? What if they didn't let me free? What if I just sacrificed everything for a complete stranger? I think I see a way out. There's a ladder. She shouted through the vents excitedly. I pulled out the gun that I had on my suit. It was a moment of pure adrenaline. The bullet fired and shot her straight through the eyes. Her head smashed down on the vent and blood dripped down my face. I looked up at her dead, stunned expression and placed the weapon away. How was I supposed to explain this? I thought to myself. The others came as I finished cleaning myself off and I had already figured out an excuse. There was a trap in the vents. It looks like we can't leave that way, I said. The two in the blue and black suits didn't seem fully convinced, but Dylan was scared now. Any thought he had of this being a harmless game was crushed. This was kill or be killed. It may seem a shock to learn that I slept with no qualms over killing the woman. I knew nothing about her, only that my own reasons for survival trumped her own. As I laid there in the grimy tunnel and watched the others, I considered my own fate. What if I never saw my family again? The instructions said I was the imposter. That meant in order to get out, 
I had to kill them. It was so simple. I had already snuffed one life out. But Dylan, I wasn't sure I could kill my best friend so easily. The next day, I started practicing the routines of the others to blend in. I wanted to get close to them so they wouldn't suspect me. Blue was easy. She was always so chatty about her husband and talked about how she needed to get back to him. She was so distracted. She suggested investigating the hallways once more in hopes of finding a way out. No one wanted to go with her. I offered to go, knowing full well what I needed to do. As Blue and I traversed the area, I noticed that every corner had a camera, reminding me that I was being watched. The chances of escape without being caught were less than nil. If we run out of food, what will we do then? I remember asking the woman as we reached the end of a corridor. Then she said something that surprised me. I kind of figured you were bringing me here to kill me, to solve that problem, she answered, passing me a knife. I was speechless looking down at the curved blade. What? I asked. If I die, it will be easier for the rest of you to survive longer. It's simple math. I don't have anyone on the outside to wait for. Nobody will miss me, she insisted. Your husband? But she cut me off and told me that he was just a cheater and a liar. This is how it has to be. You're the imposter after all, right? She asked. How did you guess? I wondered. Red is always sus, she joked. She seemed ready to accept her fate. I think most people believe death is easy. For her, it wasn't. When I cut her throat, she choked on her blood for maybe 15 minutes. As I watched her gag and struggle to breathe, I wondered if she changed her mind about this. The truth is, I will kill the others and be out of here in less than a few hours. My final stroke of genius is to convince Dylan that Black Suit killed Blue Suit. They were always arguing, so it made sense to think so. And when I got back to camp, Dylan and Black were still asleep, so I covertly hid my bloody weapon in Black's knapsack. I closed my eyes and started practicing what I was going to say to Dylan, anything to convince him that I was innocent here. When he returned from a security check, I started to blubber like an idiot. Come quick, I shouted. I grabbed his hand, and we ran from the camp to the dead end. He was shaken by the sight of another dead body. When did you find her? He asked. Just now. I came to find you and warn you. I think he is going to try and kill us next, I warned him. Dylan seemed to be mulling over the possibilities as we returned to the central area. Black was still asleep. I couldn't have him waking up to try and defend himself, so I pretended that I had found the murder weapon. Here it is, proof of his deceit. We need to finish him now before we get stabbed in the back too, I shouted anxiously. Dylan thankfully listened to my antics and took the knife, kneeling over the stranger to finish him. I watched gleefully as he stabbed him several times, the black suit gasping and struggling as he woke to the attack. Days passed. We kept trying to convince our captor to let us out. Dylan never took his sight off me. I think inwardly he knew. He was suspicious of me. As starvation started to settle in, I finally called him out on it. One of us can't leave here alive, Dylan. So you must be thinking by now that I'm the imposter, I said as I tried to drink my own sweat to stay hydrated. It was all I had to keep me from passing out. I didn't want to believe it, but I can't see any other way that all of this happened, he said bitterly. We only had a few weapons left. So what will you do now? Maybe you should kill me, get it over with and be free, Dylan snapped. I thought of all the times he had been insensitive to me. It was his fault that I was here. He deserved this hell, not me. Maybe I will. I said, reaching for a blade. Then he pulled out his gun and shot me in the leg. All I could think to do was run. I stumbled through the corridors, keeping my weapon near me as I searched for a place to hide. We have been here so long I feel I know all the corridors by heart now. I hugged the wall and said a prayer. Yes, I know God wasn't listening. Maybe it was to comfort myself for what I was about to do. Dylan rounded the corner and I grabbed him. 
Somehow he saw me. His weapon and my own clattered to the floor as we wrestled. One of us was about to die at the hands of the other, fair and square. I wrapped my hands around his neck and started to press. He did the same, but I was stronger. I kept pressure on his neck until he fell unconscious. He wasn't dead, but he was close. As he laid there, motionless, I felt defeated and shook my fist at the camera angrily. Is this what you wanted? Why won't you let me out now? I snarled. As if to answer my question, I saw a light at the end of the hallway and a door open. A door that wasn't there before. I left Dylan behind and scrambled into it, dumbfounded by what I saw. It was a window to the outside, to the stars. We were in space. I had killed these people for nothing. I slammed my fist against the glass and shouted. I never had a choice at all to be anything but an imposter and a fool. Thanks for listening. If you're tuning in on Apple Podcast, please take a minute to leave a review. Your review directly helps the podcast grow and allows me to continue coming out with the best horror stories on the internet. Thank you so much.